Kasem with Fighting Chance Fantasy. You're listening to the Fulton Yards Podcast with Timothy. Today's show is going to be a beast because we're talking about the NFC East. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome in. Welcome in. Tuesday, the 21st of August. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the Full 10 Yards Podcast. I'm your host, as greatly uh, introduced by Casey Kaysen there, who is going to be our guest today, and we're going to be talking about all about the uh, NFC East. So thank you so much for joining us for that. Before we get into that, though, a few things to take care of. Obviously, last week was our Britball week, so if you missed any of those and you're interested in any of the game or any of the teams or any of the games over in this country, please check those out. We visit Bristol, uh, Bristol Aztecs, the East Kilbride Pirates, uh, Manchester Titans, Tamworth Phoenix and the Sheffield Giants as well with a bit of GB Lions flitted in. And we're also obviously joined by Roger Goodgroves uh, who works behind the scenes of Britball. Um, so I very much recommend that you check all of those podcasts out. You can hit us up on Twitter at Full10Yards, uh, Instagram. Uh, you can email us, full10yards at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're going to be setting up some competitions, so you know, please let us know if you are interested in those. Either hit us up on email or social media. We're going to be, uh, we've also got a Just Giving page if you wish to donate uh, towards the game over here in the UK. Going to be supporting double coverage. Going to be supporting uh, some teams as well to help buy equipment and keep those costs down um, to encourage participation. And like I say, the whole reason for Britball, Britball Week last week was to shine a bit of a spotlight on the game over in this country and where we need to kind of improve on, where we can kind of help to do that. So this week we're going to be uh, starting up some pick'em leagues. We're going to be starting up some last man standing leagues. So if you're interested in, in doing those, a uh, fantasy league as well, we might do a best ball draft or we might do a casual quick um, uh, standard fantasy league. If you're interested on that, say just let us know and we will sort you out. Back onto the podcast. This week we'll see a couple of podcasts. Today is the NFC East with Casey Kasem of Fighting Chance Fantasy. Um, on Thursday, I believe, will be Lee Wakefield where we break down the AFC West. Um, we've got a couple of other special guests uh, this week. Um, they will probably be posted next week, but keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Some some celebrity. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a clue. There are some kind of celebrities within the within the NFL uh, kind of world, fantasy football world. Um, so very much looking forward to getting those out for you to listen to. Moving on to the NFL. Week two has obviously been and gone. Uh, so obviously week two is now in the books, so we're starting to see you know, who's getting playtime, who's getting the snaps. Some interesting stories coming out of the preseason. And what we'll do is we'll break that down on Thursday's podcast with um, just before we talk to Lee. Uh, and help you try and get a bit of insight into what's going on, uh, who you should be drafting, who you should be maybe taking a look at. Obviously, Andrew Luck has been one of the main main stories of the preseason, being able to to get some snaps in and you know essentially playing football, playing back uh, in on on the field 
which is great to to see, not only for the Colts, uh, but for obviously fantasy football fans as well. So I'm no doubt that Dennis owners of Andrew Luck will be rejoicing everywhere. But like I say, we'll get that to that on Thursday. We'll break down some of those games, some of those maybe storylines. You know, there's certain training camp battles there, uh, wide receivers, running backs. You know, Cleveland uh, to name one. Um, Green Bay is obviously another. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll break that down for you and hopefully give you a bit of clarity on your fantasy drafts because it is draft season. I uh, had a couple of drafts over the weekend. I wish you'll be posting those up on Twitter as well. On Thursday, I went head-to-head with Lee uh, in a dynasty league, so I'd be interested to see your thoughts on who had the better team. I'm also involved in a league with Casey Kasem, our today's guest, and again, we will post those up as well once the draft. We're currently in the middle of that draft, so can't obviously post that up yet. Um, but yeah, should we get into the NFC East? Going to be talking about our Cowboys, going to be talking about the Washington Redskins, the New York Giants, and of course, the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see you on the other side. Okay, it's time to talk NFC East, and absolutely delighted to join a fellow member of the Cowboys Nation, Casey Kasem, uh, whom a lot of you might might know for, uh, from over in, over in the states. Casey, how are you doing this morning? I I understand you have just literally woken up. Yeah, <laughs> so it's noon now, but uh, yeah, on Sundays I sleep in, so yeah. I'm doing good. <laughs> got my sleep in. I'm ready to go. Cool. Yeah, if it makes you feel any better, I I probably go up at the the equivalent time over here as well. So don't don't worry, don't worry too much. Um, <laughs> Um, Casey, Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, obviously, you're a big uh, Dallas Cowboys fan, um, but do you? I know, I know you're a big fantasy uh, enthusiast as well. But do you just want to give the listeners out uh, over here uh, just a bit of background into yourself, uh, how you got into American football? Obviously, you write uh, for the Fighting Chance Fantasy uh, website as well. So, um, how, how's that going for you? And uh, yeah, just give a bit of background about yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been living in the Dallas area for my entire life, so. Uh, my parents were huge Cowboys fans, even though my dad's from um, Pennsylvania, and they're all Eagles fans. He switched over when he moved here, um, and uh, I've been growing up on the Cowboys, so that's how I got into, um, you know, the NFL was just basically going to Super Bowl parties as a kid and all of that. Um, just took it into my adulthood, and hopefully one day we'll get back there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, as for the writing thing, you know, I just started doing that with Fighting Chance Fantasy a couple months ago, and been going really awesome really enjoy doing that i never thought that i would get into that i've been in the fantasy community for a long time but never really thought about writing until ryan asked me if i wanted to and i was like sure hmm. yeah as, as i said took obviously a quick peek at some of some of your your articles obviously i saw the one about cole beasley uh yep. being the, the cowboys number one wide receiver you might have to sell me on that one and i might get your thoughts <laughs> i might get your thoughts on that shortly but um yeah how, i mean how are you finding uh that writing obviously you say it's not something you really got into but um you obviously said prior to the podcast that you've done a couple of those as well but um kind of what what made you what make the jump into into writing and podcasting um you know i don't really have anybody around here that i can talk to about fantasy football because most of my friends and stuff aren't really hardcore into it. Try to talk to my fiance, but she, you know, doesn't want to listen to it all the time. So uh, when Ryan was like, Hey, have you ever thought about writing? I was like, I mean, kind of, but never really had the platform to do it. And he's like, well, I can give you a shot if you'd like to try. And it's really awesome because this year is my first year doing dynasty as well. So it's kind of cool to be able to go and do the research on that so that I can, 
kind of learn all of this stuff all at one time. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I agree. I've, I've dipped my toes for the first time into um, Dynasty as well. So yeah, it's quite an exciting, different, obviously different type of fantasy football as well. So obviously the, the bad decisions you make kind of live with you for a bit longer, I suppose. So whereas redraft, you can get away with it. Yeah, you know, um, redraft is, I, I love redraft, you know. Most people are going to give you a hard time for only playing redraft, but it's one of my favorite things to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but dipping my toes into the dynasty is going to be interesting. Yeah. It's all um, brand new people who've never played dynasty before all in one league, so we still have that redraft mindset. Yeah, yeah, and I say it's, 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 it's quite interesting when you come to draft, and I've got a draft uh, in a couple of weeks or so, but it's going to be quite hard to try maybe strike a balance on on youth and obviously longer term, right. looking at longer term players. But um, it, it, I don't know if you do you have maybe one tip to give either redraft or, or dynasty. Do you have maybe one tip for the for the listener out there that may be new to fantasy? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people tell you to wait on quarterbacks, but I'm going to also say you can wait on wide receivers in this this year because there are a ton of wide receivers out there that can put up the number one numbers for you um, that you can get later, like, you know, Kenny Stills, for instance, or someone even like Cole Beasley, like I was talking about, but, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a lot of guys out there, actually, though, um, I could list, I could go on and on and on. Somebody asked me the other day to list some late round wide receivers, and I had a huge list because mm. it's an incredible amount of people mm. you can get. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I know quite a lot of people. There's a different varying kind of draft strategies out there from from whoever you listen to. Obviously, zero RB, zero wide receiver, and late, wait mm-hmm. wait on quarterbacks and that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know if there's any particular that you obviously you wait on quarterbacks. Now, is there is anyone maybe you you kind of are diehards and and do every year? Is there anything you stick to? Um, I like Larry Fitzgerald a lot, even with uh, the fact that he is an older wide receiver. Um, I mean, every year he's put up great numbers, been a wide receiver one, and you can get him later than some of these uh, younger guys. I have to have him on my team every year because he he, he doesn't show any signs of stopping, you know, no. even though he is an older wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, no, funny you say, actually, I, I, one of the dynasty drafts I did, um, was it dynasty? I think it was a reality sports one where you have like all the contracts and stuff. I, I've got Larry Fitzgerald, obviously it might be just one year, but you'll get a good, he was quite a discount um, yeah. and quite a lot of people shy away from it, especially in dynasty, the, the older guys. And I know you've got, you've done an article on that as well, the discount, the discount guys. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, well, let's get uh, into the main body of the, of the podcast then. So we're going to talk, obviously, uh, NFC East. We're going to talk about the Cowboys, uh, the Eagles, uh, Redskins and Giants. For, for regular listeners of the podcast, they all know my Cowboys thoughts and I uh, always bang the drum every single episode. So maybe do you, do you want to give the listeners your, your view on the Cowboys from over over in, the, in obviously, Texas and what, what it's like over there? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the homerism shows, a big Cowboys fan. Um, this I feel weird this season because it's the first season that I felt like there hasn't been a guy on the team that I've been like, a diehard about. I mean, I like Travis Frederick. He's my favorite player on the team, but he's a center, so it doesn't really come into play <laughs> that much for fantasy, except for you know to help out the quarterback, help out the running backs. Um, but yeah, there's not anybody on that team that really like strikes my fancy, makes me like excited to go out and buy a jersey. But as for uh, skill positions and everything like that, I think that you know we have a great group of guys with Zeke there, um, Dak there. Yeah, I said Zeke there, even though him and I have beef. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, we've got a, we've got a lot of guys that are new this year, but I think that Dak's going to come back into his own this year, and good things are going to happen. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, certainly one of the big storylines coming into this season, I think, will be what what kind of Dak Prescott are we going to get? So, you know, last season we had a, a terrible November where Tyron Smith was out. Dak kind of had the ghosts. Mm-hmm. He saw, saw a couple of ghosts and, you know, the timing was off, the accuracy was off. And it, it'd be interesting to see, A, what, what he's learned from the off-season and, B, you know, if that trust is back there and whether or not, you know, he, he can show the form of his rookie season. And, you know, let, let's not forget the first half of last season, he was he was one of the top quarterbacks in the league from from both a uh, fantasy perspective and and in real life as well. So that one that, that one's kind of the big storyline for me. But so yeah, like I say, last season nine and seven, um, and I think quite a lot of people underestimate obviously what we achieved last season considering all the, the stuff that went on with with Zeke, Tyron Smith, and Sean Lee being out for for a couple of games. But is there maybe any any other underlying storylines that you're looking forward to to seeing playing out next next season? Um, you know, I just want to see Zeke you know, stay out of trouble and just, you know, focus solely on football, get his mind in the, the game, which I think he can do. Um, maturity is a thing, you know, every season you got to grow up a little bit more and the whole uh, Des not being there, um, you know, how is that going to affect the other wide receivers, the new ones we have, the older uh, veterans that we've had on, that we have on the team? How is uh, Des's presence not there and, and Witten not being there as well? Mm. How is that going to affect the receivers mm. for the Cowboys? Yeah, and as I say, I don't know if you just want to talk about the what the wide receiver core as as a, as, uh, as a collective. What, how do you see which one do you see kind of stepping up, or is it just going to be a case of you know the whole the whole group and the ball going to get spread around, or you know maybe Alan Hearns? We were you in, how did you feel that we addressed the wide receiver position considering Des Des left and Ryan Switzer as well? Yeah, um, I think that it might be one more of those spread it out, uh, whatever guy is available, whatever guy can get open, Dak's going to hit. Um, I do feel like Colby Slee is a good security blanket for Dak. Uh, two years ago, he had great numbers with Dak when Dak had that amazing rookie season. And I think that if they get back together with the whole meshing you know, thing and getting back together with you know, getting their heads right and everything, that they could be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, as for Alan Hearns, I love Alan Hearns. I loved Alan Hearns when he was with – um, when he was playing opposite of um, Allen Robinson, and um, you know, coming over here from Jacksonville, I really, you know, he's got a, he's got Dak. He had Bortles, and I think that only time will tell. But I think that the connection there will be awesome too with uh, Dak and Allen. Um, I feel like Allen Hearns hasn't ever been a, a wide receiver one, but he's got opportunity here mm-hmm. if he, if he wants to try to, um, you know, do what we know he can do. But the injury bug has always plagued him, so. Uh, hopefully this year will be different for him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So before before we move on to another team, then, so let's take those three wide receivers: Alan Hearns, Michael Gallup, and Cole Beasley. Which one do you keep trade? Uh, keep in. Which one do you trade, and which one are you cutting? Um. Keep trade and cut. Let's see. Um. I would probably keep Gallup based on um, his age um, and the talent that's there. You saw in the preseason, um, the first game, mm-hmm. how he looked. Um. I'd probably trade. Hearns because everybody thinks he's going to be the number one there. So um, there's so many different possibilities that if I trade Hearns and keep some of the other guys, then, I mean, they all have a shot at being a number one Um, and you can get probably get a decent value on him. um, If you like really try, yeah, you have to really try, (laughs) but I think you could. Um, And then uh, I would cut Beasley, even though I'm big into Beasley, just because I don't feel like a lot of people are big into Beasley. So You can cut him and then maybe pick him up a couple more <laughs> games from now. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, he's also five foot eight, and he's a smaller guy, and we're not really sure how they're going to use him this year, so no. probably cut him. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of talk or a lot of memories, certainly from what I've seen. I'm not sure what it's like over over your side of the pond, but you know, trying him trying him on the outside and. Um, I shiver. I shiver a little bit at the, at the prospect of that being, you know, five eight and on on the outside with some of the corners that that we will be facing uh, this season. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, how the coaching staff kind of deploy our offense in, in uh, next season with the wide receivers. But I you know it goes without saying we're going to be a run first, run first heavy offense um, for for multiple reasons. But yeah, no, it's, it's quite interesting because you can get quite a lot of value. Uh, on, all, on all our wide receivers in drafts. Just before, um, just one more on, on the tight end position. Have you got anything for for the listeners around? Obviously, tight ends. Obviously, Jason Witten's gone, but there's a couple of names. Obviously, Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin, uh, and Jeff Swaim uh, is there as well. Is, it, is maybe one? Is there one of those names that maybe will step up and, and be the starter, or is it mainly going to be blocking? It's going to mainly be blocking. I really, I like. Uh... Jeff Swain, I do, but I don't think that the Cowboys use their tight ends the way that they should use their tight ends. I mean, we even saw that with Martellus Bennett when he was here. Yeah. Um, you know, other than Jason Witten, we really haven't had an electrifying tight end like step up and actually prove that he could do something. And not to say that anybody on the team won't be able to accomplish that. I, I feel like, you know, if you if they are given the chance and one of those guys can step up, you know, everybody's high on um, Jarwin right now. Um, but a lot of it has to do with the coaching staff. And so that's why I think that the blocking is going to be the major thing. And that's another reason why Rico gathers, I don't think is going to be, a, or everybody thinks he's not going to be a thing. He's not mm-hmm. going to be a thing because he can't, he's big, but he can't do the things that they need him to do. So no. they're not going to use him yeah. the way that they, you know, could, I mean, he's a big guy. I, I like Rico. I stood next to Rico. He's huge, but he's he can't, he's not learning anything, you know? So yeah. it's going to be hard for them to, to have a, t- a tight end that they can actually r- rely on right now because of the way, you know, the coaching is for, and how the players are mm-hmm. not as comfortable as Jason Witten would be. You know, Jason Witten was the was the security blanket for yeah. all those years and now there's nobody like that there. No, no. No, and I say hopefully, I say hopefully the, the coaching staff can kind of adjust because I, I think it was a bit of a surprise obviously he let, he, he went to he signed a deal with uh, was it ESPN I think it was uh, obviously on, on one of the draft days and obviously we didn't really have a, a plan of action on, on the back of that yeah. and obviously that was compounded by David Akers coming out and being a uh, probably ble- I'll probably bleep Ooh. out the next word but yeah exactly yeah um, but that's a good segue into Philadelphia then. So obviously, um, I'm sure you were as disappointed as I was to see them lift the uh, trophy last season, despite them playing the Patriots. It was a, it was a lose-lose situation, I suppose, for a Dallas fan. Yeah. Um, I had my Philly suck shirt on and I was, <laughs> um, we were watching it over here and at the end of the game, I like there was probably like two or three minutes left in the game and I just ran into the bathroom and started crying like a little <laughs> baby, but <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> oh, it sucks. I mean, oh, I mean, it's a shame that we can't guarantee it won't happen again next season, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, unfortunately they, I've, I've just done a piece, I've just done an article actually on the NFC East um, and I just, I just fear that they've got the pieces in place, you know, even with the coaching staff that have left uh, Di Filippo and obviously Frank Reich go, uh, leaving for for head coaching jobs, but they've got. It seems like they've got the foundations there to be successful for at least you know next year, a couple of years. Um, the only the only thing that's really stopping them is all the injuries that they've got. Um, but how how do you see Philadelphia kind of playing out next season? Yeah, it's one of those uh, crazy things where you're like, I don't know how good or how bad they will be. Um, I mean, they have all the pieces there. You know, 
Zach Ertz is one of those amazing players that you don't come across that often, with mm-hmm. especially in the tight end position. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think that, you know, with the quarterback situation, it's rare to have a backup quarterback who's an impressive guy like they have there. You know, Foles came in and did it last year for the Super Bowl, and a lot of teams don't even have – a good starting quarterback, let alone a good backup quarterback. So mm-hmm. they do, they have a lot of pieces there. You know, you do have to worry about the injuries. You do have to worry about, um, you know, like Alshon Jeffrey and what's going on there. But I mean, it's kind of scary as a Cowboys fan yeah. to, <laughs> to think about them repeating the success that they had last year. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it mainly comes down to depth and obviously they kind of set up and they're quite into their analytics as well. There's obviously a lot of articles going around about, you know, their analytics going through it on fourth down and putting themselves into positions to, to help them succeed. And I just, if only Dallas kind of took kind of half of that and cause I don't, I don't have much inspiration that, uh, from, from the Dallas coaching staff. I don't know how you feel about them, but certainly Philadelphia is kind of just their, their focus and their, the way they go about things just is, is, black and white compared to, to Dallas yeah I agree with that exactly mm-hmm. um, so obviously the big the big injury uh, to Philadelphia not that it really matters to say because they came home with the, the Vince Lombardi trophy was obviously Carson Wentz I don't know if you know much more ab- out there than we do perhaps over here about Carson Wentz's availability for week one I, I assume that he's okay for it yeah I mean that's what we're hearing right so um I don't, I don't really know any much anything more than uh, what you know or what anybody else knows, um, but he probably will be available for week one. And if not, Foles is out there. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I even though not being an Eagles fan, I still have faith in Foles as being a good quarterback for that team until Wentz is healthy enough to come out. Yeah. And um, so, and before we move, before we move on to the Giants and the Redskins, is there maybe a player in Philadelphia you like? Do you, do you own any Philadelphia players on fantasy, or is that kind of too? Is it too much to to work, be worth it? No, I actually do. Um, you know, I like to draft Ertz. Um, if if he falls to a, a you know, because he's going as tight end three, uh, but if he falls enough, you know, I like to take him if in that area because there's not a lot of players around that area that he goes that I'm super high on, but I am high on him. Hmm. Um, and then Corey Clement, I like to get him real late in the draft okay. um, just because Jay Ajayi, um, I'm kind of wishy-washy on him, I guess you could say. Yeah. So. Yeah, Jay Ajayi is a funny one. I've, I've been I've been quite the Jay Ajayi fan. Obviously, um, he being, being a Brit as well, um, I suppose that's kind of built into it a little bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. he, burnt, he probably burnt quite a lot of fingers last year. Uh, for fantasy and maybe some you know people are quite polarized on him either they're all in or then they're not at all but Legarrette Blunt's obviously left so you'd, you'd assume that Jay Ajayi gets the the lion's share of, of that backfield but yeah if you've got Wendell Smallwood there you've got Matt Collins uh, not Matt Collins um, Donald Pumphrey and uh, like I say Corey Clement so he's not, he's not going to have like a Kareem Hunt size share of, of a backfield but um, yeah he's, he's, he's going quite early in drafts as well uh, Jay Ajayi for what um, the risk mm-hmm. the risk he poses. Okay, so let's go. Let's move on to um, New York Giants then. So obviously they are probably one of the more uh, teams that have been in the news quite a lot more, due, obviously due to their sec- their second pick in Saquon Barkley. But obviously all the injuries that happened last season, it kind of it kind of fell away from them a little bit. Um, how how do you view the Giants um, in, as as a, as a Cowboys fan? <laughs> well, I don't view them very highly, but yeah. as a uh, open-minded fantasy football player, uh, you know, they're, they have a lot of good weapons on that team. And, um, it's kind of scary to think that with 
all the players that they have, like to think that they're coming back healthy. So it's so crazy what's going to happen this year, you know? Yeah, I, I certainly think Giants are one of those. I can't really put my finger on how, how their season will go because I, I think there's quite a lot of variance in, in how it could go. Obviously, the offensive line was one of the worst ones in the NFL last year. They've obviously brought in... Um, Nate Solder from the Patriots and Will Hernandez obviously in the draft so you'd think from that standpoint it's going to improve and they've obviously got Barkley for a running game now so Eli Manning hopefully will will fare better from from that perspective but yeah there's so many weapons on this offense you know they could easily be um, you know a last to first kind of divisional uh, change you know the NFC NFC East has, has been known for going last to, to first over the, over the years and again yeah, it, could, every year. <laughs> it could be this year. Um, but yeah, it's hard. I don't know. I don't know how you see their their season kind of playing out. I mean, I see this is a tricky thing too. With all with every team in this division, I can see doing well, except for maybe uh, Washington. But the Giants, with the, I think they have the best weapons on their team, so I could see them actually getting to the playoffs. Hopefully, the Cowboys can get there, but the Giants. Offense is really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, obviously, Pat Shermer's come over from the Vikings as well, so that'd be quite interesting to see what he if he changes much up at, at all there. Um, but yeah, obviously, Ben McAdoo was was awful last season, and with the, obviously the Eli Manning benching, uh, that was just an absolute joke to be quite honest. Uh, especially, especially, yeah. especially how, how it was handled, and obviously he he paid the price of, of losing his job. I mean, why why would you lo- end end his two hundred and ten game? start streak to, to Geno Smith at least do you know the backup quarterback or, or Davis Webb isn't it but uh, yeah it was was very very strange goings on there in, in New York but um, yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see how they go are you, are you buying into the Barkley hype at all? I am actually uh, I wasn't at first uh, at you know I haven't drafted him in any of my drafts yet but I haven't really been in the position to draft him mm. um, I would draft him in a heartbeat though uh, he just he's Wow, you know he really passes the eye test. I, yeah, <laughs> I was really pissed. I was really upset when uh, the Giants drafted him. So, yeah, well, it, it, it raised quite a lot of eyebrows. Obviously, taking it too because everyone everyone was thinking um, Quentin Nelson or, or a, a QB, obviously to, to yeah to, to help. Obviously, yeah, Saquon Barkley. I suppose it only remains to be seen. Uh, you know, in the next few years, if they are going to go back to maybe a top five pick or something, but you know, potentially the offense is there. Maybe they could do maybe a Dallas where they just control the clock and keep the ball and keep that defense because they, they obviously lost Jason Pierre-Paul as well um, and keep their defense off the field and keep them fresh and maybe paper over some cracks. But yeah, like I say, they could be anywhere from a, a three-win team to maybe a ten or eleven-win team. But we'll just have to, to wait and see. It's crazy, yeah. Mm. Okay, so what, I suppose the the last team, obviously, we come to Washington. It might be a bit easier now to kind of predict what how their their season will end up. Obviously, with the the bad news about Darius Geis. Uh, Darius Geis was a guy that I was targeting in all drafts when, and luckily he got well, not luckily, but he you know he's now injured before the drafts have come up. But um, I, I suppose now uh, I wrote in my my article that um, I, I I just feel like from a Washington Redskins kind of point of view that their kind of seasons written off I suppose obviously they were decimated by injuries last season um, and obviously getting Geis was there was kind of maybe the final piece of the jigsaw but now obviously with him not being there I suppose it, it you know it goes back to you know Samaj P. Ryan Rob Kelly and, and Chris Thompson who has his, his own injury niggles but um, yeah Washington I suppose behind the eight ball already yeah um, I don't know how I feel about Washington either see all these teams are tricky in this in this division um 
you know, that guy's injury is just so heartbreaking for them and for him. Uh, and I know so many people have already drafted him super high in their in their drafts right now. Yeah. Uh, and God, that just that just takes it out of you. You know, when you have something like that happen to you. Um, I am a big Chris Thompson advocate. I do like Chris Thompson a lot, and I really wish that. You know, hearing him say that he wasn't 100%, yeah. when you hear the actual player say it, it, it really, you know, hurts to hear the player say it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one thing when the coach says, you know, he's not 100%, but we think he's going to come out and be fine in week one or whatever. But when the actual player is like, okay, I can admit that I'm not 100%, then you're like, man. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, it's quite unusual as well for a player to come out because obviously they, they kind of – whether they lie or not, or, you know, they always just say they'll, they'll be back as yeah. soon as possible kind of stuff. But yeah, for him to say, I think it was like November saying he's not going to be okay until November kind of, it's, it's kind of a bit worrying. So how, how what would, what piece of the the, the running back jigsaw are you, you going for? Are you, are you going to go P Ryan? Are you going to go Kelly? Or obviously Capri Bibbs there as well. I've seen a couple of, a couple of shrewdy guys uh, on social media say that not to, to, to forget about. Yeah, I'd still go P Ryan. Um, not a big a uh, fan of P. Ryan, um, but I feel like, you know, Washington's not going to go pick up somebody else. I don't think that they're in the market to get a, a replacement guy for the time being. I don't think, you know, there's a lot of rumors going out there that people are like, well, maybe they'll pick up, you know, even though uh, DeMarco Murray retired, maybe they'll go get him out of retirement or maybe, you know, uh, Alfred Morris will come back mm-hmm. um, or maybe they'll trade with, uh, you know, New Orleans to get Mark Ingram. But I think that they're content with what they have now because they've been so mediocre for however many years that they're just used to it. Mm. So, Yeah. And obviously, of course, on the on the passing side, Kirk Cousins uh, has departed for Minnesota. So Alex Smith comes in and obviously one of the bigger signings in free agency for them was uh, Paul Richardson at wide receiver. How do you see the, the passing attack uh, this year? Um... I kind of like it with uh, Jameson Crowder. Uh, I was a big Jameson Crowder advocate last year, a big fan of his. Um, he didn't come on until really the second half of the season, but he was steady, consistent, put up good fantasy numbers. So I feel like that's going to be – I hope he's the number one this year. I really I'm, – I'm investing a lot in him this year. So I think that passing attack can be good. And Jordan Reed as well, um, if he stays healthy, we all know what he can do. Mm. Yeah, Jordan Reed obviously <laughs> – yeah, he's he's so frustrating because he's such a such a game changer for Washington, but also such a game changer for the tight end position uh, for fantasy as well. And you know, I, I, again, I, I suppose it'd be the similar story over the last couple of years. You know, he's had some procedures done on his on his toes or, or whatever, but not it wasn't a, it wasn't a pedicure, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, he's he could be. You know, if he gets 10, 10 to twelve games this season, he'd be he he could be quite a good value uh, in the later rounds in drafts. Yeah, he can. And, you know, um, and Vernon Davis is there, too. And Vernon Davis and Alex Smith have, you know, history together as well. So uh, he could be a sneaky, sneaky guy to keep an eye on just in case uh, Jordan Reed was to go down. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And as I say, Alex Smith and Vernon Davis have previous from their San Francisco days as well. So it's not the the worst combination in the world. Not at all. No. Okay. So uh, before before the podcast, obviously, I got you to I, I, I set you a little challenge to pick one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and one tight end, uh, for, as if you were drafting uh, using one early round pick, two mid round picks, and a late round. So who who did, who did you go for? Um, I take probably take Zeke 
um, as my running back early. Um, and then uh, probably pair him up with Crowder um, at wide receiver mm-hmm. um, just because he's of where he's going and what I think about him. Um, as for tight end, um, probably uh, I would have to go with Ingram. It just depends on where he goes in your draft, but he's yeah. different drafts. He's going all over the place, but if not him, I'd go read. Uh, but Ingram, and then for quarterback, then I'd take Eli late just because of all the weapons that he has around him. Yeah, not bad shout. Yeah, my, my, myself, I've, I think you probably saw mine, but I went uh, Alex Smith, uh, Zeke, uh, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram. Um, I think probably mm-hmm. cheated and chose two two giants, but um, ho ho, I, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to pick an eagle. Um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> yeah. I, I see that. I, I didn't either. So. No. <laughs> no, um, so yeah, we're clearly on the same page there. But um, yeah, before before we let you go, uh, I've got I've got a little game. We always get uh, our guests to to play games on there. So obviously, um, NFC East is what we talked about today. So we've got the four quarterbacks. So I'm using Dak Prescott, Alex Smith, uh, Carson Wentz, and Eli Manning. Um, and it's simply, you just got to choose which which guy had the most of that certain stat last season. So for example, if I said to you which QB out of them four had the most passing TDs, you would say. Uh, Carson Wentz. No, 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 you're right. Yes, correct. correct. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, that's it. Correct. One out of one. Okay, so the next one, next uh, is passing yards. Passing yards. Smith. That would be, yeah, correct. Very good. And uh, interceptions. Uh, Eli. Yeah, it, Eli was joint with Dak uh, on 13. Okay. Yeah, so. I didn't want to say Dak just because, but yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Um, okay, so moving on to the tight end position. So we've got Jason Witten, uh, Zach Ertz, Evan Ingram, and for the uh, Washington Redskins, I've I've compiled Jordan Reed's and Vernon Davis's stats together. So they're they're kind of a tandem. So um, who who out of those sets of four who had the most receiving yards? Um. Wow. Uh, Ingram. No, he was actually third. Er- that was, he was third. Oh, Ertz. He was second. <laughs> ah, damn. Okay, uh, then it must have been the Washington it guys. Was. Yes, it was. Yeah, Jordan Reed and uh, Ben Davis. I knew it wasn't, wasn't winning. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, I was, I was quite surprised when I was doing that, actually, because they had um, collectively 8, 859 yards, which is 35 more than, than Zach Ertz. But yeah, it was, it was quite but surprising, that actually. Yeah, it was quite surprising. Uh, I think I think it probably goes unnoticed what kind of Jordan Reed did last season. I know he only played a couple of games, but uh, yeah. Um, he makes big plays when he's out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so two more to go. Uh, most touchdowns? Ingram. No. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. I had Ingram <laughs> on my fantasy team, so that's why I keep saying the same. I'm going to go with Ingram. Uh, it was Zach Ertz with eight. <laughs> I can't go with a Eagles guy. All right. <laughs> Okay, and finally, <laughs> who, which which um, which of them had the most receptions? That's a good question. Uh, Ingram. Uh, no, he was for, he was third. It was uh, Vern, uh, Jordan Reed. He's got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, oh, sorry, no, Zach Ertz was seventy-four. It was. Zach Ertz. Well, that's the man right there. Yeah, but you he's know, the, he is the man. Yeah. Um, he was the man. No, <laughs> uh, Evan Ingram had 64, Witten 63, and the Washington pair had ah. 70. So it's actually quite close. So, um, yeah. yeah, quite quite a tough one. But um, yeah, there we go. Before we, ha- we have a bit of fun. So before before we before we <laughs> go. So um, also just before you go, I just want to say obviously congratulations. To you, I think I believe you recently got engaged as well. 
I did. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, have you got anywhere? Have you got any plans already in place for for your, the marriage, the ceremony, or? Um, not too yeah. much. We just started looking into it. Um, I mean, we knew this was coming a long, long time, but it was uh, random how it how it happened. So, um, we're thinking maybe April or so. Okay. Might be the right time. Nice. To do it. In, we'll see. In, in the off season. Yeah, sometimes in the office, you know, can't. <laughs> she she's in the room with me. She she, she doesn't find that to be exactly <laughs> statement. All right, well, I won't I won't speak anymore. Maybe get you in any trouble. But um, if you if you want to get in contact, <laughs> if you want to get in contact with Casey on Twitter, it's at the Casey Kasem, and you can get a lot of her writing work. Uh, and all, uh, she's a very good follow on Twitter. Actually, she's very she's from what I see, very much well loved. Um, and you say she's new to writing, so if you want to check out, what's the what's the website you write on? Is it just the the fighting chance fantasy? What's the, what's the name of the website? It is. Yeah, it says Fighting Chance Fantasy. So you can go to fightingchancefantasy.com and find all the information there from me and the other guys that write there as well. Awesome, awesome, lovely stuff. Yeah, and I, I've certainly enjoyed uh, the, the the couple of uh, po- uh, posts that you've done there. So no doubt I'll be I'll be following in the future. But Casey, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I'd love to get you on at maybe some point in the future, maybe during the season or, or at the end of the season, hopefully when the the Eagles don't make the playoffs. <laughs> Most definitely, yeah, I'd be I'd be really happy to do that. I appreciate you letting me come on and talk to you about um, the division and everything. And no worries, you want to say we'll, we'll speak soon, and you take care. All right, sounds good. That was Casey Kasem there joining us to talk about NFCs. And just to give you a bit of context into that podcast, um, prior to recording, I literally had about 20% uh, battery left on my on my laptop. And yeah, so we, we literally crammed in. A, that was about, what, a, 45, a half hour podcast, 45-minute uh, podcast into 30 minutes, uh, all on 20% of uh, worth of battery. So, you know, if you aim high, kids, you can achieve. But that's going to do it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed the chat there on the FC East. We'll be back on Thursday where we'll break down uh, so the first couple of weeks of the preseason, and Lee Wakefield will also be joining us to talk about the AFC West. Don't forget, we are still on our way to 500 followers, and when we do, we will be giving away uh, hopefully a signed jersey. Um, so make sure you are following us on Twitter at Full Ten Yards, and if you're not, do it now. Do it. Do it now. Um, if there's anyone that you think would appreciate the podcast or enjoy listening to my dulcet tones, give them a nudge, get them to follow us. Uh, say, like I say, when we get to 500, we'll be giving away some prizes. Uh, and say, just on the on the topic of prizes, we are, we'll be setting up the fantasy league, uh, pick'em league, and last man standing leagues uh, very very shortly. So keep your eyes peeled on our social media for that if you would like to join. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had a good time and I hope you'll be back again on Thursday with the great words of Kevin Cadle. It's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.